Welcome to Future Out Loud from the School for the Future of Innovation in Society at Arizona State University. I'm Heather Ross. Together with Andrew Maynard, we bring you conversations with experts on and off campus where we think out loud about our collective future. In today's episode, Andrew and I had the opportunity to sit down with two unexpectedly visiting scholars to the School for the Future of Innovation in Society. We spoke with Cecilio Ortiz Garcia and Marla Perez Lugo, both from the University of Puerto Rico. They came to ASU to be able to continue their research, which ironically has to do with developing energy grid infrastructure and energy system infrastructure in Puerto Rico. As everybody I'm sure knows, the entire energy electricity system in Puerto Rico is absolutely decimated by the recent Hurricane Maria. And one of our colleagues here at ASU, Dr. Clark Miller, in our school, and podcast listeners may remember Clark from previous episodes. We've had him on the podcast a few times. Uh, Clark reached out to Cecilio and Marla and asked if they would want to come to ASU to be able to continue their work while their university, frankly, was closed because the entire island of Puerto Rico was just decimated with regard to its power grid. Uh, So they were able to get here. Clark was able to help them find uh, an airline flight, and we're very, very glad to have them with us just for a few weeks because happily, their department is getting back up and running in Puerto Rico, uh, despite certainly the energy system being continued crippled uh, because of the hurricane. So Andrew and I really, really enjoyed our conversation with them this morning, and it was exciting and inspiring to hear about the work that they're doing and the opportunities that they're viewing, even in the face of just utter destruction of the island. Before we begin, as always, thank you for being with us on Future Out Loud. We love to hear what you have to tell us. So please let us know what you think um, at Future Out Loud on Twitter or on our Facebook page. You can find old episodes of Future Out Loud on our website, futureoutloud.org. And if you're not already subscribed to Future Out Loud, uh, you can do that on iTunes or on SoundCloud or on Stitcher or really wherever you find your podcasts. So without further ado, on with the episode and Cecilio Ortiz Garcia and Marla Perez Lugo from the University of Puerto Rico. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Heather. Hi, Marla. Hi, how are you? Hi, Cecilio. Hi, Heather. How are you? Very well. Welcome to Arizona State University. But uh, you've been here, though, for a few days. You're visiting from the University of Puerto Rico. Yes. Yes. Um, In case there's anyone in the northern, southern, eastern, or western hemispheres who didn't know what on earth could have brought you from the University of Puerto Rico to Arizona State, do you want to give us just a quick fill-in? Sure. Um, Again, my name is Cecilio Ortiz, and I am a a member of the steering committee for the National Institute of Energy and Island Sustainability. We are a 
a platform that interconnects over 80 resources uh, on energy and sustainability issues uh, existing in the 11 campuses of the University of Puerto Rico across the island. And the event you must be talking about is Hurricane Maria. Exactly. A Category 5 hurricane that basically devastated our infrastructure systems, uh, starting with the electrical grid and as an embedded system onto other, uh, other types of infrastructure, health, communications, transportation, education. food, education. Okay. Uh, so that, that crumbling of our infrastructure uh, left researchers like, researchers like us uh, without uh, the tools necessary to do our daily work. And thanks to an invitation by President Michael Crow through the School of the Future of Innovation in Society and uh, Dr. Uh, Clark Miller, uh, we were able to, first of all, find a plane <laughs> out of the air, wow. which was very yeah. difficult. Yeah, that was a big thing, I think so. And, and to use the facilities here at ASU to continue uh, research we are engaged in through an NSF grant that actually looks at a, uh, modeling a sustainable energy uh, market system for, for the island and that system based on uh, distributed generation uh, emphasizing the use of renewable energy resources, mostly sun, wind, mm -hmm. uh, biomass, etc. So this is ironically really relevant. Yes. The yeah. stuff you're studying yeah. is actually happening in real time now. Oh, yes, absolutely. The stresses on the system. Dr. Miller, we have been in contact with him. He knew of our research, so it's it was just hours after the hurricane passed. He made the phone call. Uh, hey, if you guys got no services, you got no place to work. So I'm offering you a place mm -hmm. to work, which is mm -hmm. we are extremely grateful mm -hmm. for that opportunity. Now, we thought we would be mostly working on that research here. Mm -hmm. But as we have found out, the boundaries between ASU and UPR are, uh, you know, they're, they're not as huge. And there's, there's a lot of crossing around mm -hmm. of knowledge and academic resources already. Um, there's many, many Puerto Rican members of your academic community mm -hmm. here right. at ASU. Mm -hmm. And I myself, I am a PhD grad from ASU. Oh, so beautiful. You're coming home. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I studied under uh, a great mentor here, uh, Dr. David Piafka at the School of Geographical Sciences and, and Planning. Um, even though my degree is in public administration and policy, he he steered me into sustainability studies and and uh, um, on the social side of things, the importance of public participation and and uh, and things of that sort, which I now teach mm -hmm. over wow. at UPR. So, um, what we have been doing a lot is meetings with resources here to interconnect those resources with UPR and Puerto Rico needs at the moment. Mm 
and those meetings have been very fruitful there's there's a lot there's an animus to to help to uh, to connect to explore new ways of not just taking Puerto Rico back to where it was mm -hmm. when the event hit but to build a more resilient more uh, capable more sustainable uh, energy system and, and energy infrastructure and again emphasizing that that touches every single mm -hmm. other of infrastructure course. aspect in the island yeah well it seems like you know an opportunity and I don't I hate to say oh what a wonderful opportunity no this is mass devastation it's not a good visit no yes. no but you know I it certainly exposes weaknesses that you obviously knew were there on the island with the infrastructure and in some way you know provides maybe unfortunately more recognition from off the island that oh these are big problems and we just sort of push them to the side for so long but at the same time I guess there's still a challenge that people try and pull back to the status quo I mean, we've already seen this with the mm -hmm. conversations about rebuilding the mm -hmm. infrastructure and the pressures to build it exactly as it was mm -hmm. rather than take the opportunity to do something new yes. and I, I'm assuming you're grappling with that well, um, we, uh, oh, my name is Marla. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm a professor of sociology, environmental sociology mm -hmm. at uh, UPR Mayagüez. And I'm not an ASU grad. I'm sorry. Nobody's <laughs> it's quite it's all right. But we'll let right. you stay for a few minutes. We longer. love to a have you minutes. here anyway. And even worse, I am from the East Coast. No, <laughs> that's not, that's perfect. <laughs> I graduated from Rutgers University. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, coincidentally, my my uh, dissertation is on disasters. Oh, wow. 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 Yeah, oh my God. Um, um, every time I was in the hallway in my graduate program and I was waiting for something to happen to do my research, mm -hmm. you know, it was a bittersweet yes. feeling when yes. everybody asked me, did your disaster happen yet? No. Sadly. Yes, but now. Yes. <laughs> but now it has. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, there's something that the literature on disasters is very um, um, clear about that the hurricane is not the disaster. The magnitude of the hurricane was not the disaster, was not mm -hmm. what brought us here. Uh, uh, that was just a trigger. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a lot of um, underlying causes, right, and sure. like political uh, causes, soci sociological causes, mm -hmm. infrastructure causes, that created the perfect recipe for disaster when faced with uh, the impact of a Category 5 year. So can yes. you talk a little bit about how Puerto Rico got to that position in the first place? Because very clearly it was a fragile system, fragile infrastructure that was just triggered into collapse by the hurricane. Oh, the, the electric system was really fragile. Right. Uh, it was not maintained properly, some, mm -hmm. some experts say. Uh, but that was due to uh, the political relationships between the main stakeholders in the uh, uh, policy arena, the mm -hmm. energy policy arena. Okay. Uh, Puerto Rico is a very captured society by two parties the uh, Popular Democratic Party and the Pro-Statehood Party. Okay. And they have been alternating in power um, for the last 60 years. Um, and it, the partidism is pervasive. 
uh, so much that um, it engulfs uh, the bureaucracies of, right. and the mm -hmm. administration of public corporations from the university to mm -hmm. the electric, uh, you know, PREPA, Puerto Rico Energy and Power Authority. Okay. Um, so, you know, that, that was one thing. Mm -hmm. The other thing was crippling debt. Yes, um, yes. Um, you know, for example, a couple of years ago, when Governor Fortunio was in in the seat, mm -hmm. uh, he got uh, a, you know a big, big, big loan mm -hmm. just to keep artificially prices of electricity down. Right. Wow. Three months before the election. Okay. So Interesting. things like that were keeping the electric system in a vulnerable position. Mm -hmm. yes. So from from a political standpoint. Uh, or a governance more standpoint, um, you need solid institutions and resilient institutions to be able to deliver the type of processes uh, transparent mm -hmm. with you know vertical and horizontal accountability and with broad participation needed to sustainably keep these infrastructure systems. Right. So, right. Uh, plus the technological side, but we we. We haven't run out of good ideas to technologically mm -hmm. transform these systems. So that's not the really difficult part. It's the social and political barriers. That's, like that's yeah. correct. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, expanding on, on what my colleague has, has expressed, the, the we have an issue with the word resiliency in terms of our institutions right now. Mm -hmm. Our institutions' resiliency has been eroded by our actors such as political parties mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and fiscal institutions for example such as the budget that's that's, right. that's an institution that's a fiscal institution of course. has been played with and mm -hmm. has been played around for decades mm -hmm. and when you play around with that the uncertainty around your actions in in the fiscal arena uh, grows and as that uncertainty grows the behavior of other actors also changes and adapts and and they learn from what they saw that you do the first time and these are very complex interactions but they they paint a picture of a, a country because mm -hmm. Puerto Rico is a territory of the United States uh, but it has national identity it has mm -hmm. cultural identity and mm -hmm. and, and uh, if, as the years pass by, you we have debilitated our institutions and, and their resiliency. On the other hand, other institutions have shown to be very resilient. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. And in the face of uncertainty, they also <laughs> adapt. They they. They, they play coy in front of federal agencies and say, oh, I don't have the capacity to do this, so I devolve to you and primacy takes over. And I, but, but behind the scenes, I wheel and deal with the budget without you, because you're not gonna get into this thing. Well, that, that sort of changed with the advent of uh, PROMESA, which is a congressional act mm -hmm. that is meant to take care of Puerto Rico's default in paying its mm -hmm. debt. Right. For the first time ever, uh, a territorial jurisdiction enters into this murky ground of not paying your bonds. Right. Mm -hmm. And not mm -hmm. being able to claim bankruptcy. 
right. Uh -huh, right. right. Because That's of right. because of our territorial relationship. Yes. So mm -hmm. yes. Uh, so this has all coming to the mix of a Puerto Rico that was on its knees when Maria hit. Right. Yes. Right. If if we were standing on good ground, solid ground, in sure. a good two feet, yep. probably, probably mm -hmm. the effects of this event would, would be would have been totally different. But but such is the So so just thinking more broadly for a second this seems to be the the story of catastrophic events yes um and something that certainly in my mind is going to become even more important as we see more of these catastrophic weather related events that if you have communities that have just got by in easy times and we mm -hmm. saw that with new orleans we saw it to a mm -hmm. little bit with uh, with a little bit with houston we saw it with puerto rico mm -hmm. with florida with Irma. with florida as well yes it's these communities where we think everything's okay on the, the sunny days and we forget that we've actually got to build resiliency for the not so sunny days mm -hmm. that's 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 very very true and it's very hard to even conceive a space for contingency mm, yes when when all of the space is taken yes. by just patching yes. and reacting uh, and as 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 we said when your when your public administration apparatus is totally captured by pol a political party you you get into this big confusion that all countries have had at some point in time, but we seem to get out of it, which is that the party is not the government, right? Mm -hmm. And government mm -hmm. is not the party, right? They're yeah. built to do different things. Mm -hmm. They're both necessary, but when you confuse them, you 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 engage in the type of a, an institutional cannibalism that mm -hmm. that can leave you crippled in 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 front of events like this yes yes so how do you move forward so this event has happened it's shaken things up has it shaken things up enough for positive change or is there a danger that things just revert back to where they were well right now uh, what we what we thought was going to be a window of opportunity uh, to re-envision the electric system mm -hmm. and by the way that means re-envisioning Puerto Rican society in general of course. because electricity is the basis for all social life basically yes um, so um, since a while now we uh, as members of the National Institute for Energy and Island Sustainability have been trying to create a new vision a new energy mm -hmm. vision for Puerto Rico because what, uh, we think that energy policy in the island doesn't have a clear vision to where it's going. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's reacting to the interests of some actors. Uh, so we thought that this was, this was going to be uh, a window of opportunity. However, uh, it has been very hard for dissident voices to penetrate uh, okay. the, the process, the reconstruction process. And the fact that we call it reconstruction process, right. it tells you how it is envisioned by I the see. U.S. Corps of Engineers, by FEMA, by the local government. They are trying to rebuild the existing grid. They are mandated to put it back to where it started. Exactly. Right. Right. So, so let me ask you about that. So you've got the problem that that is their mandate, just mm -hmm. rebuild what already existed. But there's also presumably a, a mindset problem. And I've no idea what the mindset of the Army Corps of Engineers is, but I suspect 
that it's a fairly sort of old, backward-looking mindset, or am I wrong there? Well, no. there's there's a, a big issue of mindset, right. um, as you as you call it, because at the beginning, when uh, the Puerto Rico Energy and Power Authority was created, was created with a mission of electrifying Puerto Rico. Mm. Uh -huh. um, in in a process of modernization, it brought. Uh, values, it brought consumerism, it mm -hmm. brought you know the ideal image of looking like the US um, yes. um, uh, citizen no? mm -hmm. uh, now uh, the cost benefit analysis mind, uh, frame of mind is, is, is um, taking being, over yeah, taking mm -hmm. over so much that we have seen uh, in the local press that the director of the Puerto Rico Energy and Power Authority has said that at least 200 communities are not going to be connected to the grid during the reconstruction process. That seems insane to it me. It really does. But you could understand if you switch the rules of the game from rural electrification mm -hmm. a la TVA mm -hmm. that where, where the goal was to for electricity to reach the most remote places mm -hmm. in order to bring uh, human well-being to, yes, to yes. those communities yeah. to a more market-like mindset uh -huh. and that that passes everything through the lens of cost-benefit analysis where the profit yeah. is Ex exactly now that that is first of all a change of mindset that did not hasn't gone through the lens of the people of Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And these are uh, not necessarily elected officers mm -hmm. that are making these decisions. Right. And second of all, uh, from, from a more, more of a governance standpoint, the, those, those actors, those stakeholders, those communities actually that are now facing that, uh, that future are some of the most vulnerable populations mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, politically, uh, it's politically more difficult for them to insert themselves in these decision-making processes. So we have, we have a, a strong concern for uh, equity and justice concerns mm -hmm. in the rebuilding of, of, of the grid, which throws a letter of complexity on top. And, and now uh, it's not only symbolically difficult for mm -hmm. these communities to insert themselves, now it's physically difficult because yes. they are uncommunicated. That's right, they're mm -hmm. being cut off. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yes. some of them, um, um, they don't have the bridges anymore that connect them with uh, the- Physically cut off. Exactly, wow. physically cut off. So there are pictures around the internet um, of um, communities in one end of the bridge that collapse and mm -hmm. people from the army and from the state government just just throwing food and water or paper towels side. you know well, yes. or paper towels With or paper yeah. towels you went <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 oh. it's true and and we we want to emphasize uh, uh, because that is we should talk about this too, that that is what fuels the kind of collaborations we've been designing for the past week or so mm -hmm. with colleagues in, in, in school. Um, when, when you have people dying in hospitals because the generator of the mm -hmm. hospital mm -hmm. due to stress is just given up mm -hmm. and there's no electricity for a long period of time mm -hmm. and 
and you know bodies down in the morgue start to decompose mm -hmm. because, because there's no air conditioner, there's no air conditioner. and those those that need some sort of supportive uh, equipment at home uh, either respiratory or dialysis or the myriad of, of, of uh, health related um, uh, appliances that mm -hmm. are now available for you to have in you know at, at home so basic as a nebulizer yes yes, yes. yes. sorry to cut you off but it, it, the percentage the prevalence of asthma and respiratory conditions in yes. puerto rico in general is very high mm -hmm. and diabetes and other health conditions mm -hmm. that um if you don't have that kind of support right. from electric services you won't be able to Yep. You know, yes. survive. Yep. So universities are now engaged in more than just academic or research exercises. Mm -hmm. We are not just honest brokers of information or knowledge in front of society. We, are, we need to take policy entrepreneurship in our hands. Yes. Yes. And act because these are matters of life and death. Yes. Yes. And, and uh, some of the most cutting edge research is happening within our walls here. Yes. So, so let me ask you about that. If you look at the possible pathways forward. Of course, you've got the, the, the territory policy um, way forward where somehow miraculously sort of the, 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 the government's mindset changes and policies change. And it sounds like that's a really steep hill to climb. Um, there, are, there are other things though, um, and this intrigues me. So I'm guessing that you've already had interest from advocacy groups and, and NGOs to try and sort of um, play a part there. And that we've seen from previous examples, Haiti is a particular one, is a two-edged sword. Yes. Um, that you end up with these groups um, beginning to co-opt communities rather than help communities. And then you've got the, the whole sort of research enterprise. So how do we navigate forward with these sort of, the, these conflicting sort of stakeholder groups that are trying to be part of the action? They, in our own research, yes, mm -hmm. we have a, we have come to the conclusion that, you know, these are, these are wicked problems. Yes, mm -hmm. and to to deal with them, you need to not only have technological solutions, but also develop the kind of relationships that can start to lower the uncertainty around the type of transactions you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So, uh. the the INESI, or how we call the institute in a Spanish acronym, the INESI has from the get go initiated a stakeholder forum mm -hmm. that brought to the table NGOs, governmental agencies, right. industrial organizations, uh, labor unions, mm -hmm. the church, uh, and some of, some of the communities, the more organized communities that, that have strong voices uh, in, in terms of energy and sustainability. Mm -hmm. And we have been working with them, like the professor said, in the development of a vision, mm -hmm. That always helps because mm -hmm. then you have a measure against yes. which to to um, uh, to evaluate legislation, to yes. evaluate a policy, to evaluate a project. So, and 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 most of all, the, those relationships will pay off. We hope mm -hmm. now yes. in the INESI ASU collaboration, because as we saw in an activity we just had last week where we, those who could connect through the internet and there, there were not there were not many uh, but at least 47 stakeholders participated wow, in in a uh, a workshop 
-hmm. between ASU and, and INESI resources uh, online. And what we saw was that those connections that INESI had already made in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. are now becoming the backbone of specific projects mm -hmm. where ASU and UPR can make a difference on sure. the ground. So this really is community engagement. This is, this is mm -hmm. not people mm -hmm. flying in and trying to correct problems from that perspective. Not no. parachuting in yes. with just resources and letting them yeah. there. Yeah. That is very important because um, it, since Maria, we have seen um, you know tweets uh, from big companies saying, mm -hmm. I, was I can ask rebuild exactly your, that. your yes. system yes. Yes. and I will make it better and, and so and so. But we, we need to think about what is the relationship between the citizen and the energy it consumes. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask specifically about that because, of course, Elon Musk was mm -hmm. there very, mm -hmm. very quickly saying, let me come in and use mm -hmm. my new technology. It makes sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and which is good, you know, yes. thanks uh, to Elon Musk. But um, right now, the relationship that the citizen has with the electricity and mm -hmm. the electric system is a unidirectional relationship in which you consume from another source mm -hmm. um, and you consume as a client, as a consumer. Mm -hmm. But there are so many other ways in which citizens interact with electricity yes. that are not being considered by this mentality. Like every time you stop in a, in a stoplight, mm -hmm. you are consuming mm -hmm. electricity, but yes. you're not paying for it, so-called. So Right, so you are using it, mm -hmm. uh, and in these um, uh, initiatives in which um, uh, they present uh, residential systems or very small community systems that leave behind, or you know, leaves behind mm -hmm. this other infrastructure that you use as a citizen. Okay. Yeah, we we definitely have a public good uh, issue that mm -hmm. needs to be addressed, and 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 we need to play around with the ownership of 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 the grid and yes. and the ownership mm -hmm. of the of the electricity and 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 um, different schemes that mm -hmm. could be designed exactly for that it's not it's not a matter of everybody having a storage system or everybody having a generator which is great from the competitive side of that industry and mm -hmm. and just the market share side of that industry but if, if, if I am looking for a governance system that looks for the well-being of, of the people, mm -hmm. I need to find a balance between, yeah. between the offering of public services that are needed to be able to ensure a level of health, a level of public safety, a, le a level of education, uh, and, so, so, and the, the fact that we are in an age of prosumers. We are in yeah. an age yeah. where I can produce right. energy myself, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. sell it, interact with other sellers, other consumers. And that changes everything. I, I was yes, going to say, so this brings us to new models and yes. the opportunity to break away from the old centralized model to a more distributed model. And the technology is all there. Mm -hmm. yes. Yes. But, but what is not there is the cultural change and the community right. relationships that have to be built uh, in order to manage the, that infrastructure sustainable. Sure. You know, when you have a community and you have a, a limited 
uh, system, mm -hmm. uh, then you have to start thinking about, okay, which loads are more important in my community? Right. My air conditioner or the respiratory yes. you know, right. assistance right. of my neighbor? Mm -hmm. Or uh, so-and-so skin condition that requires certain level of temperature at home, right. you know, that sort of thing. We are not thinking about those things, That's but right. are going to be so important in a smooth and sustainable transition towards yes. um, a distributed system based on renewable. So a lot of those things require some trial and error, some experimentation. What is the appetite among people in Puerto Rico for <laughs> experimenting right, right now, now. They'll do anything. <laughs> really? Well, uh, most most of the population right now still is, is in the dark. Sure. Uh, more than 80% of the population. But if you say to them, the Army Corps of Engineers will restore your electricity to what it was and will return your old life in many ways versus please trust us, we're going to play around a little bit and see if we can make it better, but maybe it'll take six months longer. But it's not an either or situation because okay. you can rebuild the, the grid, but also to create um, uh, microgrids, for example, okay. that are going to interconnect with the grid eventually. Right. Uh -huh. So the people who are in the coast, for example, that will be impacted positively by the reconstruction, the rebuilding, are going mm -hmm. to be, yay, yes, mm -hmm. let's reconstruct. But the people in the mountains that are not going to be connected, sure. they will be like, oh, well, Whatever. what about me? What yes. happens right. with right. me? So the you said the magic word, first of all, trust. Mm -hmm. uh, and there is a, uh, an, an environment of distrust uh, right now created by some of the governmental moves and the signing of contracts. And I know I did not know I signed that contract. Mm -hmm. and, and this is not a good time. To and be then I cancel the contract, yeah. but so I have to pay fines mm. for canceling the contract. Right, so. right. But what I guess what RICE, uh, which is the acronym uh, we're going with here, resiliency through innovation for sustainable energy mm. in Puerto okay. Rico. Uh, what RICE is looking at is a double strategy. It's uh, we, we already know that the major agencies, federal agencies, and the now uh, humongous company that has gi been given an $840 million contract, they, they're going to work from the center out, let's say, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. start building the big transmission lines and putting that up. Perhaps what we're talking is have a strategy from the outside in, where we can then start pinpointing some of these communities and using some of these pr initial projects as visualization projects and and scenarios that mm -hmm. then we can use at, to to help visualize look these are th this is it if this is not earth changing it can be done uh, this family already has solar panels mm -hmm. they have a battery system and yes maybe even perhaps a small generator as a backup to that system so uh -huh. so creating up. mini uh, microgrids uh, just like any other technology, it has mm -hmm. to be diffused the right way. And, and that diffusion uh, usually brings up, it, it's brought about by the visualization of what could be. If you yes. cannot see it, 
it, it, it's very it, hard. It, yeah, it's very hard That's to right. sell it. Yes. But if it's on the internet, it must be true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so you just have to tweet it out. I think we've there solved we it. Yes. Right. <laughs> well, actually, so beyond that, I was actually going to ask, uh, so what is needed? Um, very practically, I mean, clearly there mm -hmm. needs to be investment, money, sort of the will. Um, what in your mind needs to be done to make this work? Look, we, we, we cannot, you know, you know, cover the sun with our hands. It, it's, there, are, there are some major things that need to be worked on from the university standpoint. You're looking at a University of Puerto Rico that even before Maria hit was facing deep cuts to their budget. Like half of its budget. Uh, wow. was was facing basically destruction mm -hmm. uh, that was halted by the event okay uh, we existed way before that mm -hmm. but but we that's that was our life when Maria hit it was a life of uncertainty as an institution mm -hmm. and that's when the goodwill and the actual collaborative capacity is going to be tested because we are not symmetrical institutions yes. in, in terms of where we stand. We are not standing on our two feet. Right. However, we do have a willingness and we do have a commitment to go back home and apply the knowledge we have gained here and the research we have been doing to, to to helping that transition of Puerto Rico. So what I'm gonna say it over the microphone, what we're what we are proposing is perhaps the the creation of fellows. Fellowships from the School of the Future of Innovation in Society, but fellows that will be there where they are needed mm -hmm. the most. Yes. I'm, I'm, this is great, and, and I love my alma mater, <laughs> uh -huh. but I, I don't go to sleep at night thinking how comfortable I am. I want to go back. Yep. Sure. And, uh, but my institution is in no way, shape, or form right now mm -hmm. equipped to be able to foster the type of work that we need to be doing. Yes. Going to these communities, engaging with researchers here and there mm -hmm. so we can put communities of interest and create communities of practice that actually bring about change in in these communities so our our vision of this very humbly our vision of this is the creation of a true collaborative effort mm -hmm. that Yes, it might need a little bit of investing in, in the beginning, mm -hmm. perhaps just the purchase of time to be able to get out of the classroom and do this work. Right. So some, some, some minimal things mm -hmm. that can become the seed yes. of new legislation, the seed of new policy, the mm -hmm. seed of, of perhaps creating new players for a sustainable energy grid in Puerto Rico that can counter the type of political forces we described in the beginning. Right. And first and foremost, to be able to, on our trip back, be able to deliver on our promise of bringing back equipment and bringing back mm -hmm. uh, resources, uh, not necessarily monetary, but just tangible products that can 
make a, a, a quick impact yes. on, on the elderly daycare center that we met w with the mayor that day. Uh, and, and it already has panels, but it needs the rest of the equipment to yeah. energize it. So you're yep. thinking of very, very specific equipment things that you can take mm -hmm. back with you. We have yes. several projects that go from the very concrete thing to the very abstract thing. Right. Uh -huh. right. Like the abstract thing could be uh, vision building exercises uh, mm -hmm. between, you know, with all stakeholders involved. Yes. Um, um, widening the uh, variety of stakeholders represented in those vision building exercises. Mm -hmm. So stakeholder identification is something that is needs to be done because Maria changed right. everything. Yes. So, um, and, and vision building exercises are needed. At the most concrete level, we need places for people to charge their cell phones. Yes. Of course, yes. yes. We need uh, um, an antenna to connect the internet so pharmacies can dispatch medication to the, mm -hmm. the mountain region. Like yes. right now, where uh, the, the population is um, aging yes. dramatically mm -hmm. with the health conditions that that bring, mm -hmm. um, pharmacies are unable to dispatch medication mm -hmm. because they cannot contact the health insurances and, yes. and they have to charge the whole thing to that person that is already living under the level of poverty. That's right, that's right. Uh, so that an antenna is, is a very concrete thing, but will have a very high impact on the quality of life of the um, of those citizens. So from the gadget mm -hmm. to the vision building. Yes. That's right. So we need people and we need resources that are prepared to see the big picture, that are, are prepared to see the interconnections between mm -hmm. that gadget and the vision yes. building. I'm, I'm sorry, we have identified uh, in, in just a few days um, excellent uh, PhD and other graduate students that are looking for projects right along the lines of what we're talking mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And for example, um, I want to thank um, my dissertation advisor, Dr. David Piafka, introduced me to John. John is doing research on geodesign uh, processes with communities. They've been working with uh, the Navajo Indian Reservation mm -hmm. in visualizing uh, basically their landscape and, and how they would like their health landscape to look and their electric landscape to look. Mm -hmm. and, and this type of exercises really they they are processes mm -hmm. but they are needed even before the technology is brought in yes and and so so there are things happening at ASU that can benefit ASU research right now mm -hmm. and uh, also uh, students of Dr. of Dr. Clark Miller that are very interested in looking at at the viability of these microgrids and mm -hmm. and how how they might better serve these these communities. So, I I we feel that through a mixture of uh, joint grant making and a mixture of uh, perhaps the creation and the solidification of this rice project, mm -hmm. rice Puerto Rico project, uh, we can we can we we can probably build the first resiliency through innovation laboratory in the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. And that would be of global implications mm -hmm. in yeah. the face of the kind of 
uh, impacts that climate change and such events such as hurricanes and flooding uh, floods and, and and other things can can bring so but I'm but I'm 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 always a positive guy, and I'm always looking at the <laughs> positive side of, of things. Uh, and and, and mm -hmm. since you've been here, what has been the response from people at ASU? Have you found a positive response? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Overwhelmingly uh, positive. Okay. In fact, we haven't been able to actually sit down and, and <laughs> breathe and, and uh, assimilate everything, the information overload uh, that we have. Right so, now, so what we fine. now need to hope is that that translates into actual action. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. Exactly. And I think that this is, again, it, you know, the movement from understanding that research and, and scholarship and being part of a community and a civilization, right, must encompass that uh, full spectrum from thinking and visioning through mm -hmm. experimentation and application and translation, all of those things together. There's, there's one more thing that will, I think, will come up from this collaboration, mm -hmm. and it's the cultural change that University of Puerto Rico needs in uh -huh. order to become a responsive agent of change in the island. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, um, uh, my university has a very traditional configuration. Mm -hmm. um, disciplines are totally separated from each other. Mm -hmm. They are not expected to collaborate. In fact, collaboration is being looked at um, as, as prejudicial to your sure. career mm -hmm. um, because if you don't publish in the right journals right. Oh, you, sure. know, you are not mm -hmm. being compensated um, um, there's a very strong division between teaching uh, university teaching colleges mm -hmm. and or campuses and research quote-unquote uh, campuses and and that um, um, prohibits collaboration between resources in both and mm -hmm. both have PhDs from the best universities in the world. Yes. Uh, both have a lot to give to the Puerto Rican society, but when you are teaching 21 credits, oh, a semester. Yes, yes. Oh. you can't do. You can't no, do anything else, not. and then uh, uh, that doesn't compare with uh, uh, other faculty members in other campuses mm -hmm. in which research is part of their regular right. um, uh, load. Load. Yeah. That's right. So, yes. so. We need change in mm -hmm. our institution. We need change in the way we administer things. Yes. We need change in the way we perceive the role of the university in policy making. Yes. So um, uh, collaborating with the number one university in innovation, you mm -hmm. know, has to bring something good. And, and that, I'm a very positive. Well, there's too. certainly growing pains that come with any kind of culture change, and perhaps that in the context of every kind of pain that Puerto Rico is experiencing right now, that growing pain, you can just slide it in underneath and nobody will notice. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't so want to say healthcare professional. That's right. That's I, right. I, I wanted to say one, one last thing. That's, that's it. Uh, the analogy of Puerto Rico being on its knees can be exploited politically and culturally in the media. And of course. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be misunderstood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, as a people, we are, regardless of the bureaucratic responses, mm -hmm. the political party responses, um, I have seen with my own eyes Puerto Rico lift itself up 
And Puerto Rico is it's not on its knees right now. Puerto Rico is up and its sleeves are are up and, and, and they're clearing roads, they're, they're helping neighbors, they're doing everything in they in their power to to survive. However, not everybody in Puerto Rico is endowed with the same capacities to be able to do this at the right. same level. Of course. And unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes those who are the least equipped give the most mm -hmm. and carry most of the load. So uh, the, the message here is we, we, we should not and we will not give in to slogans or hashtags or phrases that are meant to capture some sort of politically correct way of looking at this disaster. We are down, but we are up and coming in 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 uh, in becoming a a society that now learns from this event and can adapt and innovate to to be able to be a better society. And just wanted to make that clear because uh, you you mentioning how everything is correct in the internet really oh, hit yeah. me and said that. Well, I think that that's a, as good a place for us to wrap up that image of, of, well, as you said, Rise Puerto Rico. All right. Thank you so much for being thank with you. us thank today you. and at thank ASU. You. And we're really, really excited to see what comes of your project as you rebuild or thank build you. a new. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. For more where that came from, check out the School for the Future of Innovation and Society at sfis.asu.edu. Future Out Loud is produced with the support of the School for the Future of Innovation and Society and the Risk Innovation Lab at ASU. Mark Van Hare created our music. Esmeralda Parker is our production assistant. Our website is futureoutloud.org. Subscribe to Future Out Loud on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you get your fine podcasts.